The global pandemic COVID-19 has affected all African countries. In this podcast, we're taking a closer look at some of the specific activities carried out by Red Cross to raise awareness and confine the virus. My name is Kasper Christensen, and this is Danish Red Cross responding to COVID-19 in Africa. For this episode, I've invited Emma Moss, Program Delegate with Danish Red Cross, and Safa Musa, the manager at Kasala Safe House and Program Coordinator with Sudanese Red Crescent Society, to talk about how the residents at Kasala Safe House, survivors of trafficking, volunteered to help confine COVID-19. So my name's Emma. Uh, I work uh, most of my time in Kasala, a town in eastern Sudan. Danish Red Cross works in partnership with the Sudanese Red Crescent in uh, Eastern Sudan and our work is mainly around psychosocial support and protection of um, of refugees and migrants, in particular uh, survivors of sexual and gender-based violence and survivors of trafficking. And I work um, on a daily basis with the lovely Safa. I'm Safa Musa. I'm working with yes, at Sudanese Red Crescent Society. Uh, I work as a safe house manager and program coordinator from May 2017 until now with uh, survivors of victims of trafficking and human uh, smuggling. Great. And Emma, you said it before that the, the residents of uh, the Casella Safe House, they are survivors of uh, trafficking. Yes, they are. Yeah, the, the Safe House was started in 2014. Uh, it's a program of UNHCR. Uh, and there was an issue in eastern Sudan. Uh, trafficking is very prevalent of, with people crossing, young people crossing the border from Eritrea into Sudan. Uh, and there was no safe place for the resident, uh, for the for the survivors of trafficking to um, to live while they had a, a serious protection risk. And Sudanese Red Crescent have been providing the humanitarian services in the safe house for since 2014. Um, and since 2018, the Danish Red Cross have been providing technical support uh, to the safe house and the, the SRCS staff. And what kind of technical support and humanitarian services are we uh, talking about? Uh, so basically all of the daily uh, needs of the residents, so food, uh, clothing, uh, recreational activities. Um, SRCS have a team of eight counsellors and a psychologist. Uh, there's a male safe house and a female safe house. And uh, basically all of the humanitarian needs of the survivors uh, are, are provided for by SRCS. And Danish Red Cross uh, support particularly in um, uh, SRCS um, humanitarian diplomacy efforts with the different stakeholders in the safe house and also with uh, psychosocial uh, support, technical advice and also protection. Great. And Safa, um, you are the you are the manager of the safe house. Uh, I know you described this um, the population, the residents of uh, the safe house as young creative people. Um, how many how many are there, and is it mostly young people living at the the safe house? Uh, 
the capacity is for 40 residents. Would you maybe explain again uh, what kind of uh, products the residents were producing and how the idea of producing these um, uh, these materials such as soap and hand sanitizers, how the idea came into place? Especially for the hand sanitizers, we request the Ketela Public Teaching Hospital uh, pharmacist group uh, uh, asking them how to support uh, us for uh, this because uh, it's to make hand sanitizers, we don't have any idea about that. They like the idea and they are very happy and they are very committed. Even they support us with some of the, a lot of things and we pay like 20% uh, of the things for the hand sanitizers. Great. So Kasper, the, um, the, the teaching hospital were really excited by the idea of the hand sanitizers, but as we have so many children in the safe house, it's quite dangerous to make hand sanitizer sure. because it has quite a lot of chemicals. Yeah. And, and they, they supervised every day. Yeah, it was a really good example of the community coming together because they volunteered, the pharmacists volunteered their time for three days mm -hmm. to come in and support the residents. And as Safa said, they, they pre presented this idea for you, Emma. Emma, what did you think about the idea when you first heard about it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great idea. Um, Sanya, the, um, the psychosocial delegate and protection delegate um, who I work with in Khartoum, saw the idea, I think it was in a refugee camp in Lebanon for Syrian refugees. And um, Sanya had shared it with um, the SRCS team. And yeah, it's, it was a wonderful idea. I mean, I didn't really have, I must admit, it was completely um, the SRCS team and and the residents who decided that this is what they wanted to do. And so, yeah, really wonderful. I think um, this kind of community engagement and empowerment model is um, is something that um, lots of different projects can kind of replicate because um, everything is driven by, um, by the people who we're here to serve and the humanitarian assistance is based on their needs and their preferences. And Safai, uh, how uh, much did they produce of uh, soap and uh, hand sanitizers? Yeah, we produced like 400 hand sanitizers bottle and uh, 690 bars of soap. And now they also want to produce uh, face masks for people to protect themselves from the virus. Hmm? What is, uh, how, how are they going to produce uh, the face masks and how many do they want to produce? Yeah, for the face mask, already we have like uh, vocational training, which is under livelihood project, educational thing for the residents, and they know how uh, to do that, and using the sewing machine and do even toilery, because all, most of them, they have attended this uh, class before. And yes, uh, two days ago, they say, uh, especially already at this time, because to support them all the time, last week they have weekly, after that they asked me to do this mask. Uh, and we were uh, direct, I have one people who shared from the DRC delegate, I share with them. And we go to, we start going through the finance. And especially, I have more than four uh, residents who are very good in this new uh, toilering class. And they are going to lead this. Uh, this process, I have uh, 10, uh, they are going to stop, uh, participate from the female uh, safe house and 12 uh, from the male safe house plus uh, 4 facilitators. Uh, who is it being distributed to? 
So it all goes to the El Shagara camp. Yeah, so Shagarab is the biggest, uh, Shagarab um, refugee camp is the biggest camp in eastern Sudan. It has 50,000 people, uh, mostly Eritreans who have crossed the border into Sudan. And uh, there is a reception centre at Shagarab, which is very, very overcrowded. And the wash facilities there are not very good. So there wasn't enough water. So hand sanitizer is really well needed because you don't need water. Um, on, a, on a separate but related um, note, the Danish Red Cross um, have actually provided through their emergency COVID response quite a substantial amount of funds for SRCS to repair the washing facilities at Shagrab. So um, Safa's been supporting one of her teammates on that actually this week and that's the next step. We pr um, the Safe House residents contributed in the short term to provide hand sanitizers in the reception centre and now um, through Danish Red Cross funding SRCS are repairing a lot of those facilities so they have good potable water to do hand washing. Uh, the reception centre has capacity for 600 and eight, uh, 800 people uh, but because of delays in um, the refugee status determination process, um, there is a huge back backlog there and there are usually about 4,000 people. Um, every month, hundreds of people cross the border from Eritrea and that's where they are taken. So it's a really overcrowded facility. Um, yeah, and, and very close to the reception centre is the unaccompanied children's centre. Many of the people crossing the border from Eritrea children and they are on their own with no with no parent or caregiver sometimes they're with brothers and sisters and when they cross the border they are taken um, to the unaccompanied children's center um, as a kind of safe place um, and maybe um, Safa you could explain a little bit about the work SRCS have been doing to support the unaccompanied children and why the why the residents of the safe house really wanted to support the unaccompanied children. And when I say unaccompanied children, it's anything from a three or four year old to an 18 year old. Oh. Yeah. Especially maybe I will talk first from the resident perspective and from the SRC team. Especially if I see the support all the time, there is a link between Kassara safe, the Kassara safe house and the unaccompanied center because we have children who are survivors of trafficking and then being, when they are being uh, screened, they come to the Kessela. After that, when the UNICEF, they did for the beer had the best interest, direct they uh, send it to the unaccompanied center. This was the link, is good, and all the time the staff, the residents, they are ready to support, because at the beginning, they know them in the safe house, and they, all the time, they think of the children comparing what is the services in the safe house, and the at the USC center they know is very there is very difficult uh, different services because in the safe house the service is very high good uh, service uh, but in the yeah in the USC center is the safe house 
for especially uh, for SRCT, if you are working and we start doing kind of supporting and this will support our work in referral and to have very good service in the USC. And now uh, through the PRC and the, the DFID fund from the safe house, uh, we start working uh, to we start coordinating with the USC team, the Anacampine Center team, in, uh, in uh, seeing what is exactly that. And especially we start through like uh, doing rehabilitation, rehabilitation, like uh, rehabilitation of the USC Center, uh, giving some NFI, like sleeping mattresses, uh, kitchen utensils, and the construction of new counseling room because of the privacy and the confidentiality of children, which is not before. Additional to uh, child friendly space uh, material for the children because it's difficult for the children before what we have the report from the team. Like, uh, they don't have nothing to do at their daily work. We have the learning material and the recreational material. And the, uh, even last week we have a meeting where I have a meeting, me and my colleague Reza at SRCS, working for the BRC project with uh, the USC manager already. We start doing like educational activity classes. We start already putting plans to support them through library, any vocational training class like IT and like for the female starting doing food processing etc. Safra and I went and visited the, the unaccompanied children centre which is in a really remote location in Chagrab camp and um, there were, were there seven? I think there were seven children who had been at the um, at the safe house who oh. had been um, referred after a best interest determination was done by UNHCR. They were referred to the unaccompanied children centre and so we went to visit them as a kind of follow-up and the situation there was really difficult. So our intervention there has just started and we're trying, trying to build on the model that we started in the safe house of um, engaging children. Um, what, what, what is it that children need? COVID's particularly hard because school has stopped at the moment, so they don't have a lot to do during the day. In, for the residents of the safe house, it's made it very difficult because about half of the residents at the moment are waiting for resettlement to a safe third country. So about half of the residents will go to Sweden or Canada or Australia or the US. But because of COVID-19, the resettlement program globally was after, shut down by UNHCR. And some of the residents were literally days away from leaving Sudan to start their new life. So we really, um, the team at SRCS had to do a lot of work to make sure people felt calm and understood what was going on. The activities that you have been doing to confine the virus and to respond to the virus, what has the reactions been uh, from the residents? What are they saying about the different activities that you have been doing? I think you got um, I think uh, all the time, because there is very link with especially my office is outside the safe house, all the time the residents are ready to support, especially when I read for them the Amira report, they are very happy, especially they are happy for the team who is working in the safe house. And all of them I get from a lot of who live in the safe house, they say you are ready somehow, if you have anything we need to support you, what should they come, uh, uh, USC. Uh, and a combined children, the reception, we are ready to support them. 
if I come to the psychosocial well-being concern, because we have a lot of activity in this this time, everyone they like accept the idea there is COVID problem and uh, it's okay. I think but to support others, they are ready. I think because it's a global issue that and that that the residents understand that this is a global issue that in some way has made it a a little bit easier to understand and in some ways to cope because you know with the um, the suspension of the resettlement program this is not uh, just them it is every refugee in the world right now is in that is in that limbo place and countries around the world are are going through different levels of you know really difficult times so in some ways understanding that this is um, bigger than them I think would suffer would you say that's made it easier to cope and and then to be able to support that that response and making understanding that they are part of a global response to the Red Cross Red Crescent I think that's probably been quite empowering yeah yeah exactly, exactly. wow I think it's incredible because already how, we, yeah. They have enough report about the things going just in North Sudan or in Kassala. They have enough information about uh, this is uh, COVID-19 is around the global. This is number one. Plus there is a lot of pressure is, uh, or a lot of uh, activities, psychosocial activity for the children and for the others, what is going in the safe house. Yes, this is to keep their world, psychosocial well-being at good level for positive. What are some of the lessons that you have learned from having the activities concerning production of soap and hand sanitizers and face masks? Yeah. Uh, I would say that mainly it's been positive and that perhaps we can probably scale it up. In This could be a, an approach that we could scale up in other programs. It takes um, this kind of work takes time because you have to sit sit down and listen and develop trust. I think that the trust we had de- um, developed, and when I say we, I mean SRCS and DRC working in partnership, the trust that the staff had developed with the residents meant that when COVID-19 um, occurred, that we were already in a place where we could sit down together and come up with a plan. If that trust hadn't existed, I don't think these activities would have been possible. It's clearly been community engagement, but has it also been psychosocial support? Yeah, definitely. I think so, Safa. Yeah, exactly. But for me, I want to mention this is not we did in the COVID-19 response. This already we started at the beginning how to manage the activity with residents and how was the residents are involved in everything. Yeah, this is a way of making people feel calm and have a sense of safety. They have some control and agency over their life, even in very difficult circumstances. Well, that's really great. Thank you both for uh, for joining. It's been really good to hear about how you have been uh, coping with COVID-19 in the Casella Safe House and how the residents have been also helping to respond to the virus and help other refugees and migrants living at the Shakara camp. So thank you both for, for explaining to us uh, the situation and, and how you have been fighting the coronavirus. The Kasala Safe House is managed by 
Sudan Red Crescent Society and supported by Danish Red Cross together with British Red Cross. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Danish Red Cross.